Amen. Uh, the grace of God. Isn't that great? Amen. That's tremendous. All right, we want our young people or, uh, to go on back to Children's Church and that they can learn about the grace of Jesus Christ, the mercy that God's got for them. Well, what an exciting thing to learn. To, and uh, while the rest of us old turkeys sit, I mean the rest of us sit in here that's ate too much turkey. And uh, it's good to see you. All right, open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. I want to take uh, the first phrase. Uh, I'll read the verse entirety, but I want to take the first phrase. I want to take an application of that first phrase. Wanna, that's where I want to take the message this morning. Stand with me, if you will, as we read together, follow along in your translation. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he, and we certainly can apply that as a she as well, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And we'll talk later on when we get that way at, at the interpretation. But I want to take the application of, uh, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is she. We are what we think. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, it makes a difference what we think because what we think is what we believe. And what we believe is how we conduct ourselves, how we respond, how we act. Lord, we ask you to, today to be with each one of us that are struggling. Lord, there's not a one of us in here that doesn't have a problem of some sort, either physical or spiritual, and in many cases both. Lord, there's some that just don't understand it all yet. They're trying to get it together. We ask you, to, Lord, let today be that day that they get an understanding. And thank you for bringing here. This is the best time they could have come. Lord, uh, to get an understanding of what's going on. We ask you to be with those that are hurting physically, those that are hurting spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you this morning about uh, six truths, if you will. Six truths about God that, if you believe, will change your life. Now, here's the fact. What you think is what you believe. What you believe is what makes a change or a difference in your life. Because what you believe is true. What you believe is false is false. What you believe is true. If you believe that this is God's word, if you believe that God meant for it to be this way and, and, and this is what God had to say, this is the only way is through God's word, the only way we can find every answer, we can find comfort, we can find peace, we can find salvation, we can find all the, the help that we need. We believe that. we got to think it first. Now, can changing the way you really think change your life? Consider this. Today I will think like a dynamic servant of God because I am what I think. I am not always what I think I am, but I am what I think. I'm not what I eat. I am what I think. Clothes do not make the man or woman. Thinking makes the man or woman. Therefore, I will keep my thought process active and open to the voice of God. God did not call me to a life of failure, but to a life of success. This being so, I cannot fail as long as I do God's will, allowing him to work in me and through me, motivating my every thought. Because my God is a big God, I will think big with confidence, knowing my thoughts can never be bigger than my God. Today, 
I will think as the Apostle Paul thought when he said, I can do all things through Christ with strength of me in Philippians 4.13. You see, it matters what we think. It's important what we think because what we think is what we believe. And what we believe is how we conduct ourselves. If we believe we're going to answer to God one day for everything, we'll treat one another differently. If we believe we're going to answer to God if we, if, uh, uh, one day for uh, all that we said and all that we do and whether we accepted Christ, then that makes a difference on how we're going to conduct ourselves. You see, and it all boils down, for this, this statement to be true, it all boils down to the fact that <clears throat> for you and I to believe it, we've got to accept the six truths about God and if we believe it, it'll change our lives. All right, are you ready? Six truths. Number one, God's love is unfailing. God's love, if we believe that, is going to change how we believe God looks at us, how God sees us. Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. How long is everlasting? Forever and ever. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You see, fact, God's love for me, God's love for you, is never increased or decreased by my actions or your actions or our failure to act or react. God's going to love us regardless. Isn't that great? Because God's love's unfailing. If you were the only one in need of salvation, Jesus would still have come and died just for you. He'd he'd, have gave his life for you. You see, John 3.16 tells us that God's love will never fail. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, if anybody, believeth on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's going to go on forever and ever. You see, God's love is unfailing. Number two, God's character is unchangeable. God doesn't change his character. James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There, otherwise, like the shadow changes, there's no changing, no turning. No thing. Many things in this world change. Many things in this world move, or, uh, or we know that the earth shifts. You see, the earth, the sky, and even a shadow changes with the sun, doesn't it? And, and the tide comes in and goes out. But God, who created and controls all things, does not change. We need to believe God's love is unfailing. We need to believe that God's character is unchangeable. He is the real thing. He loves you no matter what you fail to do, no matter what you've done, and his character doesn't ever change. Other relationships will change from time to time, and they should change. Uh, Parent-child relationship changes as a child grows older, as a parent grows older. Those things happen, and And uh, friendship relationships grow stronger and deeper. Our spiritual relationship with God should go deeper. Some close relationships are even walked away from and left. You've had some close friends that's live you. But God will never leave you. God will never uh, leave. Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation or your way of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said unto you, I will never leave thee or forsake thee, and I'll have leftovers on Thanksgiving. 
Oh, that's in the original is Greek. How many had leftovers on Thanksgiving? How many still eating leftovers? How many are thanking God for leftovers? <laughs> Amen. Number three, besides God's love is unfailing, God's, God's character is unchanging, God's power is unlimited. Now, Luke 1, 37, for, God, for with God shall nothing be impossible. Luke 18, 27, he said, These things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In Genesis 18, 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? And he's talking about giving a child to Sarah and Abraham who was old in their 90s. Uh, what in your life have you seen God do that seemed to be impossible? Right here at church, we've seen God pay this building off. We've seen God put out over 500,000 copies of John and Romans. We've seen a, a sign that, that the money is raised for the sign that's paid for. We've seen uh, the, the projectors were donated. The, the parking stops are donated. Uh, you see, it's unlimited. My God is too big, therefore I'm going to think big. Uh, that's, that's what he said. He said, because my God is a big God, I will think big with confidence, knowing my thoughts can never be bigger than my God. You see, he said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, when God says it'll happen, it'll happen. I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and shall have a son. Listen, if we do it God's way, we believe it in God's way, in God's timing, God will bring it about. We try to intervene. We try to make things work out. It's not going to happen the way God wants. And we can maybe bring it about, but it won't be the way that God planned it because God's power is unlimited. God chooses to use impossible feats to cause others to know he is God and to bring glory to himself. When people drive by and see that sign, when people drive by and see this church building, when people drive by and see and, and come and visit and see who we are, that's why they want to get in. When we ministered to the Renner family and, and uh, uh, Bob and Rita said, hey, I want the plan of salvation projected, put out there. When Joyce Young family was out there, her granddaughter accepted the Lord. We don't ever know what God's word, but I believe God's word is true, and I believe God's word's going to come true and come about. Do you believe it? And you know, I think it. And I believe it, and it's and that's the truth of it. You see, God's knowing it's going to bring Him glory. When people drive by and see that sign, oh, some people are going to say, "Oh man, that church got a lot of money. They put out this big old uh, electronic sign." No, that's our chance to say God got to do something. My brother and sister-in-law, who don't go to church anywhere, uh, take on two kids for off an of angel tree. And they buy bicycles and toys and, and coats and clothes and stuff for these two kids for Christmas. They spent, I'm going to say it was $177.38. Her bonus check, which they don't normally get, came to $177.80. Nothing was said about God except from me. And then we got a chance. I said, that's how God works. God knew what was needed, and that's how God worked. And they were able to get uh, two boys. They got two bicycles and some clothes and some different things, you know, coats. And, and you know, they take it off angel tree. That's, that's what. Look at those Christmas barrels out there with toys. It's already full, ready to be empty. 
You know, that's how God works. He takes the ordinary, you and I, because we believe in God. John, where's Linda at today? Sick? Okay, tell let's let's stop a moment and have prayer for her and those others that are sick. Gracious Heavenly Father, I ask you to be with Linda Collin, who's homesick. And, Lord, we ask you to be with the others out sick. I think of Clifford Dixon, the Lord, that needs salvation, got a brain tumor. I ask you to be with him and his family. Lord, there's many others that we don't know or that we do know. I think of that family who was in that car accident there uh, uh, on Thanksgiving Day at my brother's house. And, uh, Lord, I ask you that they know. I ask you to be with their recovery and work with them and be with anybody else that's hurting them. Lord, there's some folks out there that are spiritually sick because their thinking's all messed up. Lord, I thank you that what we think dictates what we believe. Let us believe and hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, it's not an ego thing with God. It's a, it's a miraculous, amazing act of grace that God loves us and God does those wonderful things. God has nothing to prove. He's God. I mean, who's he going to prove it to? Uh, here's the thing. I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, everything's going up, it's messed up in the world. You know, part of my military kicks in, Jim, and I say, why don't we just nuke them, let God sober, you know. I, I kind of like Cy, Cy, what was Cy Robinson put out on Facebook or something. Cy Robinson said this thing about Ferguson, and I, I kind of lean towards that direction, Don. He said, for the Michael Brown family, we pray that they'll get closure. For the Daryl Wilson family, I pray they have peace. For all those protesters, I pray they'll get a job. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people got too much time on their hands, you know. But God's got nothing to prove. No one can defeat God's power. No one can explain God's power. No one can contain God's power. God's power is unlimited. God's love is unfailing. Uh, you know, God's character is unchangeable. God's power has no boundary. It's not a limited to it, you know. I mean, there, if you ever set off explosive, uh, we used C4 in Vietnam, there, there's, you know, there's parameters that it goes off in and how it goes off. You know, uh, uh, we used to wrap it around, uh, C4 around grenades and drop grenades into tunnels and things to get an extra concussion and stuff. So, because a grenade only has so much power, but you wrap a C4 around it, so, but God's power is unlimited. God's power goes on and on. God is not limited by the parameters of a box. God, this is a box. You realize this church house is a box? God don't work that way. God can work in your house, in my house, on your job, in your car, in your life, because God's power is unlimited. He does what he says he will do. And he always has, and he always will. Number four, God's forgiveness is unsearchable. Uh, you know, aren't, aren't you glad that God forgives us? Listen, Ma uh, Micah 7, 19. He will turn again. He will have the compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, our immoralities, our, our, our shortcomings. And thou shalt cast all thy sins into the depths of the sea. He throws all our sins, Ron. Everything we used to do, in the sin. Everything we ever did, he throws it in the sea. Yeah, Psalms 103, verse 11 and 12. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him, that reverence him, that have an awe for him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed 
our transgressions from us. Have you ever noticed that you, you're in the Navy and Richard's in the Navy and some of the longitude, you know, latitude, you go along around east from the west. Have you noticed he didn't say the west from the east? Because there's a divider there. He didn't say from the north to the south because there's an equator. Or you come, start north, pretty soon you're going to end up going south. Once you cross that equator. The east is from the west. You start going east, you're going to keep going east. You don't ever catch up with the west. But he doesn't say the west is from the east because eventually you'll end up that way with your longitude latitude lines. You see, as far as the east is from the west, so far he hath removed our transgressions. Man, that's a long way. Otherwise, they never meet. They never come about. God's love is unfailing. God's character is unchangeable. God's power is unlimitable. Number four, God's forgiveness is unsearchable. Satan will often bring up sins to us, but he can never bring them up to God. He can't. Satan can never claim, Ron, my sins, our sins, what we did in the past, those things we wish we could get over. He can't. Because God's done cast them far as the east is from the west, put them in the deepest part of the sea. Sad but true, we recall them. We bring them up, don't we, Todd? And we think about them often, but God doesn't, you know. And our wives helps us when we fail to remember. You can, remain, you can remind God about your sins, but the thing is, but he won't find your sins once he's forgiven them. He, you know, I, I, the old preacher said he throwed them in the deepest part of the sea and put up a sign and said, no fishing. You know, that's one way to say it, but, you know, I kind of like it this way. No submarine can plummet the ocean's depths and uncover them. The sins are falling. It ain't going to happen. You know, no diver can go deep enough to bring them to the surface. It's not going to happen. Your sins have been forgiven. That once he forgives them. God's forgiveness and grace are unsearchable and completely mystifying. I, it's just hard to understand, hard to grasp that. And he, not only does he forgive, he forgets. Our problem is we don't forget. His forgiveness is so complete that he forgets about our sins. You can say, yeah, but God, I messed up. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. Once you've repented, once you've asked me to forgive you, I don't know anything about it. It's, it's out of my mind. You know, it's better than Alzheimer's. You know, hey Larry, we can wrap our own own Christmas presents. You know, it, it it's good. God forgets. You know, God's promises are unending. I like it. He just promises to us. Deuteronomy seven nine. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. He is faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy. A covenant is better than a contract. A covenant. It cannot be broken unless one of the parties die. That's the covenant. And when he made an Abraham, a covenant with Abraham called the Abrahamic covenant, they walked, God and them walked between the animals. They cut them in half. Remember, they took these animals and the turtle doves and the calves and they cut them in half and they laid them there. Uh, I've often wondered if that's where we got the saying, cutting a deal. I don't know. <coughs> but... When he walked in between and what they're signifying is the same thing is going to happen to me if I break my covenant with you. A marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. It has a, a contract has an expiration date. A covenant doesn't. It doesn't expire unless one of the parties die. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and he said, Now behold, the New Testament, a new covenant, the covenant of grace. The old has passed away. Now it's the new that we have. God's promises don't depend on his whims or his moods. Man, ain't you glad about that? 
you know. Boy, sometimes, uh, you know, them, you know, I get in a mood. Sometimes she gets in a mood. You know, the whims and moods, God's not judged by them things. Isn't it a great thing? God is as good as his word. His promises and his faithfulness will never end. You got to understand that. You got to know that. You got to accept that fact. God's love is unfailing. God's character is unchangeable. God's power is unlimited. God's forgiveness is is <coughs> is uh whoops, my brain skipped a gear. Let me look at my cheat sheet. Is unsearchable, and God's promises are unending. Listen, you won't find security like that in any relationship or any bank account. You can't, you can't beat that kind of security, guys. That's the best thing's going. That's the most wonderful thing that God's got for you and I. His promises aren't ending. He promises heaven. You know, we're going to struggle while we go through here. We're going to suffer some hardships and difficulties. But, man, is it going to be exciting when we get to heaven. I'm bound for the promised land. You know, hey, I got a destination. I know where I'm going. I'm going up there someday. And the majority, I trust all, are going to be there too. We're going to be laughing and kicking our heels. And, hey, no more pain, no more suffering, no more nothing. And, and you know, hey, we can sit down and eat banana cream pie with sugar <laughs> and not suffer the consequences. Number six, God's sovereignty is unexplainable. Sovereignty, Hebrew Romans 11:33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I mean, it's just difficult to understand. The message, uh, the paraphrase, the message says it this way. I like it. Are you ready for this? Have you ever come on anything quite like this extravagant generosity of God, this deep, deep wisdom? It's way over our heads. We'll never figure it out. That's what the same verse is saying, only they say it in a different, different paraphrase, a different translation. You can't figure God out. It's just not going to happen. Sovereignty makes God the boss, the one in control, not us. And for a believer, that's both comforting and frightening, isn't it? Because if you're a type A person, you like to be in control. You like to think you're in control. You like that? We're not in control. And, and Trixie, you got Max. How old's Max now? Fifteen months. Sixteen months? Man, that boy's grown a month already, and just uh, overnight. Trixie, I hate to tell you this, but you and Danny aren't in control. Don't tell Max yet. He won't know till he's somewhere around thirteen or twelve. But he ain't. They ain't in control. They get it. Once they figure it out, then it's all over. But they ain't in control. But it also means we don't have to worry about things being out of our control because those things are under his control, under God's control. I can be at peace even when I don't understand what or why things are happening to me or why things are going on around me. You can have peace. You can have that peace that passes understanding. I mean, you just don't, I don't understand. Like Donna's been sick almost all this last year. You know, you just, what is that? It's not punishment, it's life. It's, it's having a husband that's growing old. No. <laughs> it's just, 
That's just the way it is. That's what I was telling it. And, and I know where you come once you speak. It's just, you know, hey, you get tired of being tired. You get tired of being sick. Where's my number one? Fr- oh, she's out of here, Helen. I love her to pieces. She was just saying, I know I shouldn't complain, preacher, but I said, <laughs> go ahead, Helen. Let me hear it. <laughs> Listen, God's sovereignty and wisdom is unexplainable because his ways are truly not our ways. You know, Isaiah 55, 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, God's ways, higher than my ways, than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We can't think like God. We can act like God when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives. When we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, we can act and think like God. We can have that grace of God that Jim so graciously sung about and, and demonstrate that grace of God to other folks. Six truths about God. If believed, will change your life and how you think. Your choice. Believe them, apply them, and live them. Or stay the same tomorrow as you are today. That's your choice. That's what you got. Six choices. God's love is unfailing. It's not based on our actions. See, that's the problem. We get to thinking that God's love's all based upon how I act and how I'm supposed to be and, and, and those things. And that's, oh, you know, that's the way God loves me because I just act right. No, God loves you even when we mess up. God loves you even when we lose our temper. Now, uh, I've never lost my temper. Maybe you have. I still got it. <coughs> I wish I never lost it. I show Larry understands where I'm coming from. <laughs> Listen, number two, God's character is unchangeable. Isn't it great? Everything in this world seems to be changing, doesn't it? I mean, morality is changing. The whole way of life is changing. The way people talk and treat each other change. TV programs change. Everything changes. But God's character is unchangeable. He's always the same. God is the same today and tomorrow. He don't change. He loves you just as much today and tomorrow and next year. His love for you is the same. God's power is unlimited. The power of God. You know, that uh, unlimited power that God has to come and help people and shape them. Nothing is stronger than God. Nothing is stronger than God. Now. Are you a child of God? If you're joint heirs with Christ, then you've got the power of God in your life. Let's exercise it. Let's show people, hey, that's how we can have peace. That's how Bob Brenner can come to church and stand up and say thank you for what you did and, and for, the, uh, for the homecoming celebration of his wife. Not that he doesn't miss his wife. Not that he doesn't hurt. Not that it's not lonely. And sad, just like it is for us of us. But the fact is, there's that God, power of God, that can strengthen him and can help him. That's what brings people to our church, is our family. It's whatever. It's because it's we are who we are. Perfect? No. You know, I, I, Jim and I hug each other and I ask him about Valerie. And Valerie's taking, she's not out sick. That's good. But, but uh, I can pick on him. Jim, did you get a visitor card? You know, and he knows. 
because they they had he has a he's Jim the bottle guy, you know. Valerie drinks, empties the bottle, he takes and melts it. <laughs> I I can say that she ain't here. <laughs> we'll see. I bet she hears it before I leave. <laughs> but he goes to shows, and you know, there's times of years he can't, and he apologizes. But him and Valerie do what they can do, and that's all they can do. And you know what? God loves you in them shows too. God gives you an opportunity to to hand out John and Romans and to to be a witness in those shows. God can tell you because nothing is stronger than God. Number four, God's forgiveness is unsearchable. Listen, he forgives and he forgets. That's a good thing. <laughs> Terry, I like it. I wish I could forget. I don't. That's that part. I remember all that junk I shouldn't have done or shouldn't have said, and, but unfortunately I do. Number five, God's promises are unending. I mean, they don't ever stop. We got his promises, God, and God, we never know who God's going to work through and what God's going to do in people. He does what he says he will do. He says it's going to be hard, but he says, one day we're out of here. In a twinkling of an eye, we're gone. It's going to be great. Number six, God's sovereignty is unexplainable. He's the boss. He's in control. His dominion. You, how are you going to explain how he, he created everything? In the beginning, God created. You see, he is God, and we aren't. And I thank God for that. Can changing the way you think really change your life? Consider this statement. John Maxwell said, I've studied successful people for over 40 years, and through the diversity you'll find among them is outstanding. I believe they are all alike in one way, how they think. That is the one thing that separates the successful from the unsuccessful. The good news is that it's possible to learn how to think like a successful person. He says, consider Michelangelo's, Michelangelo's scene from Genesis on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel or his statue of David. Think of a great enduring novel like Huckleberry Finn. How about Beethoven's Ninth Sympathy or Shakespeare's Henry V? A beautiful design building like the masterpieces of Frank Lloyd Wright, which Don and Don have seen. Is there one single item that makes it all come together, that one painting, that one novel that Mark Twain wrote, that, that one building that uh, Frank Lloyd Wright designed? He said, no, it's an entire work. All the pieces working together to create an overall effect that leads to success or to change. All six got to believe and think they are true and believe them, and they'll change your life as they've changed my life, and they're still changing my life, and they want to change yours. Let's stand and we'll pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the folks that are here today, and thank you for the truths that we've learned that can change our life. Now, Lord, it's up to us to believe it. It's up to us because what we think is true. Lord, if we think it may be true, we think it might be true, then we got a problem. We won't believe it is true. So, Lord, let us believe God's word is the truth. God's way is the only way. Let us trust in him and rely on him. In Jesus' name, amen. As the music's playing, whatever God spoke to your heart about, whatever your need may be, if you need someone to pray with you today or you just need to pray by yourself, 
the altar is. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I need my thinking changed. I need to, so I can start believing the truth. I want to believe those six things. Start with just one of them. Start with the fact that God's love is unfailing. Start with that. Start believing every day. Get up and say, God's love is unfailing. He loves me. God loves me just the way I am. God needs me. God wants to use me. Whatever it is. Just a closer walk with thee. That's what the song's playing. That's what's important for you and I. You still got some praying. Christians continue to pray if you need to sit, sit. That's the most important thing. Beautiful song, isn't it? Who's singing that song for you? For me, it's Jim Reeves.
That's who I remember singing them. All right, you may be seated just a minute, please. It's exciting. You never know what God's going to do with beautiful downtown Gaumi. I told somebody, oh, it was up Bob Renner's house. I told his neighbor. I said, we got the number one church in beautiful downtown Gaumi. They looked at me, said, you know, kind of like you're egotistical. I said, no, we're the only church, so we got to be the number one church. I mean, hey, it just depends on how you say it and how you look, how you think. But you see, I believe we got the number one church in Hickory County. You know, there's all some other good churches, but hey, this is a good family church. In fact, our family's getting bigger this morning. We got uh, Rowdy and Julie. I didn't know your name was Harold. All right. Is anybody else? Johnny, did you know his name was Harold? Okay. We got. Rowdy and Julie Rimford's coming to join the uh, uh, our church by letter. They've read, uh, they know the bylaws, Constitution. They agree with where we stand. They've been visiting, and uh, do I have a, a motion? Except we we receive a motion. Uh, I'll let Johnny do it, being Johnny's known Rowdy for a long time. Him and Rowdy's been Rowdy together. <laughs> Rowdy's one of their Rowdy friends, isn't that? Hank Williams Jr., some of you guys will remember that. <laughs> all right, Johnny makes motion. Who seconds it? Amen. Dennis seconds it. All in favor? Amen. Anybody opposed? There you go. <laughs> That's it. All right, come by and welcome Rowdy and Julie. We're certainly glad to have them as our, as our family and, and uh, into our family. And they, they've been praying a lot. Uh, believe me, it's not an easy decision. Uh, but... Uh, that they're making, and we need to be here to help, encourage them, and uh, deliver them. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Come by, shake their hand, give them a good old gommy hug and welcome, and it's great to have them. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Will, would you let Clarence close us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of you. Many blessings, Father, we thank you for all you have done, all you're going to do. Father, we thank you for this couple who joined the church today. Father, we ask that we might be a blessing to them. Father, we ask now you dismiss us with your blessings, Lord, and go with us as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe, Father. Bring us back again at the first appointed time, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen.